Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Webbing the Surf. Chase Buckner here at Vire to Cowork, and today I have Carolyn Strauss with me, right? Yeah. I remember your name because uh, there's a girl from our hometown, Jackie Strauss. And Carolyn has been, when did you get here, like last week? Uh, yeah, last week. And, and I won't ruin the surprise because you're like living the dream nomad life <laughs> in my eyes. Uh, and we'll get to that in a second, but why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So let's see. We'll, we'll start at the beginning. I was born and raised in upstate New York. Oh, uh, so you're from the East Coast, like me. Uh, yep, from the All East right. Coast. Uh, pretty typical suburban family. Um, my parents were both really involved in my life, but are actually really different people. You know, my mom is communicative and, and creative, and um, she loves to read and sew, and she just finished rebuilding a, a kitchen in an old farmhouse that she just bought and nice. my dad on the other hand is adventurous and, and outdoorsy and uh, growing up I spent my evenings and, and weekends hiking and kayaking and playing tennis and um, mountain biking and, and doing all sorts of activities with him so cool. it was really from my dad that I got this love of the outdoors and um, from there, I pursued an undergraduate degree in environmental science and then a graduate degree in public administration with a focus in environmental policy. Oh, interesting. And um, after grad school, I was feeling more free than I had in a, a long time. I'd just finished school. I was applying for jobs all over the country. I'd ended a long-term relationship. and uh, I Did went you to, go straight from undergrad into grad? I did, yeah, yeah. So I went to Bishop, California to visit my cousin who was rock climbing and living out of his car. And uh, I specifically remember this moment where we were driving back from a, a day of bouldering. He'd taken me bouldering outdoors for the first time in my life. And, um, you know, I was sitting in the passenger seat of his car with the window down and wind rushing past my face and some ethereal music on. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I just thought, this is where I want to be. This place is beautiful. and you know, it's time for a change. So I flew home, I packed up my Volkswagen Jetta, and I drove across the country um, and settled in San Francisco. So got there in, in 2012 and started to sort of make a new life for myself. Um, started working for this great software startup called WaterSmart Software, um, met a lot of new friends, met the man who's now my husband, uh, small correction, I said my last name was Strauss. I actually recently got married, and though I haven't legally changed my name yet, shortly my name will be Carolyn Margay. Okay. Um, and so yeah, that's sort of where, where I've come from. And um, So California know. is now your, your home base? Uh, yes, California is now my home base. Uh, I've been in San Francisco for about five years now. Very cool. All right, so you're in California. You're still at the job that you got straight out of graduate school? That's right, yep. And have you been able to rem work remotely since you took the job? Uh, yes, so it's a, a really cool company. Uh, the mission of WaterSmart is to change the way the world uses water. Uh, cool. and primarily, we work with utility managers to help make their jobs easier by providing software for data analytics, customer education and engagement, um, and managing water use in, in their communities. So I'm on the customer success team. I'm an associate director of customer success. And my function is to really ensure that the utility partners we have um, 
are trained to use our software effectively and have wildly successful programs. So WaterSmart does have a culture of allowing team members to have flexible schedules and to work from home, um, but I went out on a limb earlier uh, in 2017 and proposed this remote work arrangement where I would be able to travel full-time and also continue to work for the company full-time. And are there other people at the company that have that same fully remote schedule? We have a few people, um, primarily on the, the sales team, who work remotely from um, other office locations or from home offices. Um, but I'm the first person who's really taken it to this level where I'm changing my location regularly and still doing my job in the same way that I did before. The nomad pioneer. <laughs> I like it. All right, now on to the fun stuff. So most people that arrive at Viator Cowork arrive by plane. <laughs> you arrived by sailboat. Tell us, so you're nomading via the sea, which I think is really like part of my long-term goals. So I have two kids, my, my youngest is two and my oldest is five. And uh, one of my dear friends, Greg Cardi, who I originally came down here with, has been really into sailing over the past like five, maybe longer years now. And I'm starting to think, like, oh, I just told Sebastian, my older son, the other day, hey, like, next year after you really, you know, you're swimming really well, why don't we take sailboat lessons? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, man, imagine if we all learn to sail and, like, you know, Greg buys a boat. He's in much more of a, a better place to get a boat before I am. But just to be able to, like, hop down the coast and explore cities and go surfing all over and and then you show up <laughs> and mention that you um you're heading back to your boat where'd the boat come from how did you end up at sea yeah so it's it's sort of a funny story um i met my husband shortly after i moved to san francisco and we'd been dating for about three months when he said you know i'm thinking about buying a sailboat and moving on to it and maybe sailing the world and I'd never been on a sailboat before. I had no interest in sailing. Was this like a deal breaker on his part? Like, hey, I know that we've only been dating for three months, but I need to know, are you gonna be okay with this? I don't think it was a deal breaker. It was sort of an idea that he was just hatching in his own head. Um, but we're both pretty adventurous people, and I think that he does like that quality in me. So I, I think it helped my case that I decided <laughs> to stick it out and, and see what happened. Um, so we spent the next year searching for a boat, and eventually we found our Spencer 1330 in Nanaimo, Canada. Um, it's a, a great boat. Um, it's 45 feet, so pretty sizable, but what we knew was that we were going to live on the boat in San Francisco, oh, and what cool. we hoped was that someday we would be able to travel. So we wow. wanted something comfortable for living. That's probably a financially smart decision, right? Because housing in San Francisco right now is insanely expensive, right? Yeah, absolutely. I cut my costs significantly by moving onto the boat. Um, we also had to sell most of our possessions, all of our furniture and, and things like that. And so we actually did that feel good. Was that like a <laughs> cleansing purge? It was. It was. It was quite cathartic. Um, and we really loved this idea of simplifying and untangling our lives. So we actually named the boat Untangled. Um, oh wow! That's yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we lived on the boat for about 
three and a half years in the Bay Area. And then in early October, we cast off the dock lines and have been making our way down the coast ever since. So where were your first couple stops? Uh, well, we spent about a month going down the California coast, spent some time in San Diego. There's a cruiser's rally called the Baja Haha. So there's about <laughs> a, 150 sailboats that go from San Diego down to Cabo San Lucas as a group. And it provides a great support network. It makes sure that you meet other people living a similar lifestyle. So we connected with that group. Um, our first stop in Mexico was a bit of a surprise. We left San Diego and sailed for six hours and we're having a great time and the wind died. So we turned on our engine and realized that our propeller had fallen off. So we actually had to uh, continue sailing through the night and then the next morning turn around, go back to Ensenada and haul out of the water for emergency repairs. Uh, luckily, the rest of the trip has been less eventful, and we've uh, stopped in a lot of cities. So La Paz, we spent some time in the Sea of Cortez, uh, Mazatlan, San Blas, and now we're here in Puerto Vallarta. Okay, so you've already seen some incredible areas, and you, you've been at sea for how long now? Since early October, um, so four months or so. And you've been working the whole time? That's right. Uh, I took a two-week vacation, um, which we officially dubbed the honeymoon because we just got married in September. Um, but uh, aside from that, I've been working full-time remotely since, since we left. So tell us about that. Has it been a challenge? I mean, especially when you transitioned from the U.S. and into Mexico, uh, what's it been like? So there are definitely some challenges. Um, you know, I... Working remotely in this type of context requires a certain degree of flexibility and adaptability. Uh, I generally am the type of person who craves stability and likes to plan my day and be really organized. Uh, but sometimes you have to fly by the seat of your pants a little bit in these situations. Uh, Philippe and I have put a lot of things into place to make my floating office very comfortable. Um, I have a, you know, a monitor on the boat and a keyboard and a mouse and, and all of those comforts of the office place. But to seek out Wi-Fi, I often also work from cafes or co-working spaces or libraries or um, these types of places where I can find reliable internet and quiet spaces to take phone calls. Um, the other thing that I, I think I didn't quite anticipate I don't want to say that I'm lonely because we have a great cruising community and, uh, you know, I've, I've got my husband, we've got a dog, I've, I've met and made lots of great people and friends here. Um, but you do lose some of the camaraderie of being in the office sure. place. I, I can't just roll my chair over to see what my colleague did last weekend. Um, yeah. So making sure to maintain those relationships uh, has been you know, a, a unique and interesting challenge that uh, I've, I've really tried to embrace and, and continue to call my colleagues and, and reach out to them so that I still maintain those strong office relationships. And that's one of the sort of the air quote selling points that we talk about when we talk about co-working spaces is you can find like a little bit of that if you're willing to talk to the people around you because, you know, you're, you are sitting next to people and they don't work for the same company, but you're all kind of sort of doing the same thing. And I think you said this is the first co-work that you've actually hit on your trip so far, though. It's That's mostly right. been cafes and... Yep. Uh, we haven't found too many... I, I think this is the first co-working space we've really come across on the Pacific coast of Mexico. But I have been surprised by the number of people I've met who are doing 
something similar. Um, I don't think I've met anyone else who's working remotely full time for a single company like I am, but I've met a lot of people doing various flavors of, right. of this remote work lifestyle. So they're starting their own companies or they're doing freelance work. Uh, the internet really opens us up to a lot of remote work possibilities. Definitely. So let's back up for a second. I want to talk specifically about Wi-Fi. So when you're working from the boat at your monitor and your keyboard, how are you getting internet through cellular or do you guys have a satellite connection? We don't have a satellite connection. Some of it is through cellular. Um, a lot of times marinas will have Wi-Fi. So we're on a somewhat non-traditional cruising schedule. Uh, sailors will tell you that a schedule is their worst nightmare and that can be true. Uh, you know, we have a sailboat and we like to sail as much as possible, but the reality is that I need to work Monday through Friday. And so we do most of our travel on the weekends, which means that sometimes we have to motor to get from one place mm -hmm. to the next um, on our schedule. Um, that being said, most of the marinas we've encountered have had pretty good Wi-Fi and we have a Wi-Fi booster on our boat that helps us enhance that signal. Mm. Um, I have both a, a Verizon cell phone plan that allows me to keep my data in minutes as if I were in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And then I also carry a me Mexican Telcel SIM card with me that if for some reason the Verizon plan isn't working out, I can pop that one in and, and have that cell phone and, and hotspot as well. Yeah, I've been impressed. I mean, here in Vallarta, we have um, 4G through Telmex, and I've been, since it started, so impressed at how good it actually is and how far out it goes. Like, I've been out on boats just day cruising or whatever, and I, one day we were on this yacht. Our friends have this new yacht charter thing, and um, and I let our team huddle, like a full-on Google Hangout <laughs> from the boat off the coast, and, you know, and you're just sitting there thinking, like, I could do this every day, potentially. I mean, you'd have to, you'd pay a lot in cellular charges, but technically you could probably make it work. Um, so yeah, I'm, I, I'm curious to see how the coverage goes as you continue further down the coast. Um, and how much planning have you put? Sorry, we got cut off by the time a little bit, a little bit, but the question was how much planning have you put into the rest of the coast? At, how far are you guys going? Uh, that's still a little bit in flux. Uh, there's a possibility that we continue south to Central America, uh, which would include um, Nicaragua and Costa Rica. Um, but to answer your question, you know, a lot of planning. Yeah. Uh, when I made this arrangement with my company, it was under the promise that that I would have access to reliable internet and phone service, and the arrangement won't work if I don't. Um, one of the great things about people of our generation and cruisers in general is that we're often seeking internet. And so because I met this great group of people on the Baja Ha Ha at the beginning of our trip, uh, I have this great network of other boats who are on similar but slightly different schedules. And so I can reach out to them and say, you know, hey, you're at the next marina we're going to. Tell me what internet was like. And if it wasn't good, what cafes and libraries and, and spaces should I go to to find reliable internet? Gotcha. And have you had any snags yet? Have you had any days where you had to just be like, uh, I gotta, I'm out of commission? Uh, no, not a single day. Not uh, that I want to jinx you. <laughs> yeah, you know, there have certainly been some places that were spottier than others, but even in some of the smaller towns that we've been in, uh, we've had really good luck. 
We did change our initial plan a little bit. We planned to continue north into the Sea of Cortez where there are a lot of small towns and fishing villages and national park areas. Um, and we decided that we couldn't do that because I just didn't have the confidence that internet would be reliable enough. So instead of continuing north, we uh, crossed the Sea of Cortez and uh, stopped in Mazatlan and continued south down the coast. Cool. And what about the natural challenges? Have you hit any major challenges at sea that could have screwed up your work schedule? Uh, not really. Most of the Mexican coast, at least the Pacific coast that we've encountered so far, is very accessible by 24-hour or less jaunts. Um, and so we're, we're pretty able to go from one place to the next. Um, and the, the weather here so far, you know, during this cruising season is um, reliably either not windy or pretty light wind, so we don't have to worry about any hurricanes right now. Awesome. All right, so as we, as we are working, Alex and I now, my new assistant, working to sort of uh, improve the show, uh, bring a little more structure, I've added two questions that I think I'm going to start asking everyone um, that I haven't before. And the first is, have you ever sat back, has there been a moment where you sort of sat back and thought, man, this is unreal. This, this is the life. Uh, yes, definitely. I think it actually happens pretty regularly. Yeah. Um, well, you, you're on a boat, so I mean, that's a little bit of an unfair advantage. But I think most nomads have had at least one moment where you kind of kick back and go, yeah, this is, this is, what, it, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there have been, you know, moments where we've had schools of hundreds of dolphins swimming at the bow of our boat or really crazy bioluminescence that we just get to jump off of our boat and swim in the water. Um, Ooh, where? That happens around here? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, all over the place, actually. Up in Chicala, there's some, some cool bioluminescence you can swim in. Um, so I think for sure I, I get hit with those moments where it feels a little bit surreal that um, I've been able to pull this off and that it's been going pretty successfully so far. And, um, you know, I'm living this dream and traveling and um, getting to take this extended honeymoon with my new husband and our dog, but also... Continue. What kind of dog is it? Uh, he's a rescue from, from the Bay Area, so he's a 25-pound white, uh, cute, high-energy dog. His name? Uh, his name is Yuki. Yuki. Nice. Okay, so the the second question is, has there been a moment when you sat back and thought, wow, I'll never be the same after this? It's a great question. Um, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, you know, I think that we learn and, and grow from each of our experiences, and this is an experience that not a lot of people get to have. Um, I think that one of my favorite things about doing this is getting to really be immersed in a different culture. Uh, you know, I spoke a little bit of Spanish when I got here, but I'm actively trying to become fluent during this trip and, and really, um, you know, allow myself to be part of this country for however long I get to be here and, and really, you know, live this life. Awesome. So I think that that reaffirms my belief that that's a good question. I think where what I was hoping to get was that exact answer in that, because um, that's what I feel like digital nomads are. It, it's impossible to be the same person, right? And I feel like the answers I will continue to hear are that it changes you for the better and not for the worse, um, just being in different cultures in general. 
Um, okay, one of my favorite questions to ask everyone is your favorite tools. Do you have three, two or three favorite tools that you, you couldn't do your job without remotely? Oh yeah, absolutely. So, you know, as a software company in the, the Bay Area, the WaterSmart team uses a lot of tools, regardless of whether you're remote or in person, but they've really eased the, the transition to working remotely and, and made it a pretty seamless experience. Um, so we use Box as our secure file storage and sharing system. Um, it allows us to share files both internally with, with colleagues and then externally with our utility partners, which is great. Um, Slack is a really critical messaging tool for our team. Uh, you know, we use it as our primary source for communicating directly with colleagues and then also for having targeted group conversations around specific topics. Um, Slack is also nice. I, you know, I talked earlier about sometimes feeling um, slightly more disconnected from colleagues when you're not in the office, but Slack also allows us to have some uh, fun and more lighthearted conversations, share yeah. images from our trips and travels and, and things like that. Um, and then finally, I, you know, I think that my personal favorite tool is Asana, which is a, you know, an online task management system. I think my life would pretty much fall apart without it. Uh, it allows us to collaborate with broader teams so I can work on a bigger project and um, assign tasks to engineering and product and share ideas via Asana, but then also personally I can manage my own day and make sure that I'm prioritizing appropriately. Yeah, awesome. That's how we feel about Red Boots. And when I talk about project or task management software a lot, um, we just had a presentation here the other night. Asana is usually the first one I mention, <laughs> and Red Booth, and, and a lot of people like Trello as well. Yep. Um, very cool. So, last question, and it might be a little premature for this, but um, will you nomad forever, or do you think this is a temporary thing for a year? What do you, wh where's your head at? Okay, we're back. What do you think? Uh, so... You know, I think the short answer is we will not nomad forever. Uh, we're really loving this lifestyle now, and we've worked really hard to keep our plans a little open-ended. Mm -hmm. So we haven't said, you know, we'll cruise for one year or two years. We've said we'll cruise for at least six months to give ourselves that adjustment period and make sure that it's something that we enjoy doing and give ourselves a bailout point if one of us hates it. It doesn't seem like that's the case. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll continue going. Um, but beyond six months, we sort of said, you know, we'll see how things go and reevaluate every few months and make sure that we're still enjoying ourselves. Um, well, when you're doing it by boat, you basically have to double, right? Because if you sail for six months, you've got to sail six months back unless you just sell your boat, right? Yep, as long as you're continuing in a, a lateral direction. So we could sail a, a loop or, um, you know, bop back and forth a little bit, but mm -hmm. if we continue going south, then yes, we'll, we'll have to um, probably retrace our steps um, back up, assuming that we want to sell the boat in the Pacific Northwest, which I, I think we do. Um, you know what I do think, though, you asked if I think that this trip has changed my life or changed my outlook on life, and I do think that that this is probably a concept that's a little bit more ingrained in me now. And even if we don't do this particular style of nomadism forever, I think that there's a good chance that we repeat the process at some point in our lives. Uh, we've met a lot of people who cruise or, or travel with children. Um, I was just going to say, would it, 
what would you think about doing what you're doing right now with kids? I think that Philippe is pretty sold on the idea. I am a little bit skeptical, but we've met a lot of great people who are doing it and doing it really successfully. Uh, so with kids not, of all ages, do you feel like, or older? Yeah, kids of all ages. We've met high schoolers, we've met toddlers, we've met middle schoolers, um, so all across the board. And, you know, I, I think that if you commit to it and your family decides to make that decision, that's great. Very cool. That just makes me even more excited. <laughs> uh, very last question. Are, are you blogging along the way or where could people follow along with your journey if they would like to? We are blogging along the way as most cruisers are these days. Uh, our blog is svuntangled.com. So SV like sailing vessel untangled.com. Very cool. Any final thoughts? Uh, you know, one thing that I would say, just one little piece of advice I would give to other people who are thinking about cruising or, or working remotely is that loving what you do is really important. Uh, you know, there are days, five days a week in fact, when I wake up in paradise and instead of lacing up my hiking boots or strapping on my snorkeling fins, I pull out my laptop and I get to work for eight hours. Uh, and you know, some days that doesn't feel ideal. but. I love what I do and I love my colleagues and the mission of my company and so it it doesn't always feel like work and I think that that's really important yeah that's an it's an interesting conversation and I've gone back and forth on this because I 100% agree with what you're saying but I also feel like there are people that are maybe so not happy with their current situation <laughs> and just anything remote would be a major improvement so yes the eight hours might be torturous or whatever but getting to head out right after that into those scenes that you just described would probably be pretty sweet but yeah um i'm definitely not gonna be complaining about my situation and i'm super happy to hear that yours is working out thanks so much for being on the podcast and thanks for coming down to uh Varita co-work yeah thanks so much for having me it was great chatting all right, we'll see you guys on the next episode. Don't forget, work the web, enjoy the surf, whatever your surf may be. See you next time.